Hi, everybody. Welcome to Domain Sherpa. Today, we've got a great episode of Off the Market Forever featuring James Isles and Chris Zyker, where we focus on the domain space through the lens of end user acquisitions and upgrades. And on today's show, we talk about a bunch of domains such as flip.com, fruitful.com, connect.com, and pulley.com. And remember, if you're listening to the audio version of this podcast, you could also watch the video version at domainsherpa.com and on our YouTube channel at ds.tv. We now have all the past episodes there as well, so you can dig into the largest library of domain-related podcast content in the world for free. You can also check us out on Apple, Spotify, and other podcast platforms as well. And as usual, big shout out to Dan.com, the number one place in the world to buy and sell your domains with a special platform made for domain investors. And also, as a reminder, NamesCon Global is coming up in Austin, Texas, the end of August. It's about a week away, and we've got a promo code for our audience to save 20% on tickets for as long as that lasts. That code is MP underscore Domain Sherpa. Again, M is in man, P is in Peter underscore Domain Sherpa. And you can use that when you register at namescon.com. All right. So with all that, it's time to get into this episode of Off the Market Forever here on Domain Sherpa, where all roads lead to domains. What's up, Sherpa Network? Thank you for tuning in today. My name is Jonathan Tenenbaum, a.k.a. JT, a.k.a. On, and I am the host and producer of Domain Sherpa, where all roads lead to domains. Today's show is Off the Market Forever, featuring James Isles and Chris Zyker. We are up to episode number three, and uh, and really excited to be here. This show's been a lot of fun to get going, and uh, so far, so good, and uh, a lot of positive feedback, so we just want to say thank you to the audience and to uh, to all our to all the friends and family out there who've been tuning in. You guys are the best. So, um, but I know people are appreciating, uh, you know, what we're doing, and uh, and I appreciate you guys taking the time to watch. And most importantly, I do appreciate James and Chris taking the time to be here and share all of this amazing knowledge with the audience. So, let me do a quick introduction, which will get shorter and shorter with every video, to the point that I'll end up just doing AKAs, and then we'll just get going. But uh, to, my, to my right, I got my boy James Isles, a.k.a. James Names, a.k.a. James Isles of Man, a.k.a. Walter Cronkite. Domain James Names. Who is, I don't know who Walter Cronkite is. You don't know who Walter Cronkite is? Oh, man. Oh, man. He's, a, he's a, I meant to ask you last week. Yeah, yeah. Famous journalist, you know, from back in the day, like 60, 60 Minutes, right, Chris? I think that's the... Uh, so, yeah, no, he's... Uh, and because you being like the leading journalist in the domain space... You know, that he would uh, come on, you know, hi, I'm Walter Cronkite, and this is 60 Minutes. Like, you know, it was famous. Oh, predates me. It was more like, you know, my parents and stuff, like, from their era. But he was a, uh, you know, he was like that dude, you know, and uh, bringing all the, uh, you know, the, the stories to the people, man. That's what it was all about. So, uh, hence the reference, you know what I mean? So, cool. <laughs> by the way, I, we just did a show um, that uh, – just we'll record it before this. We'll get posted before this one with um, Amar Braden and Jen Sale. And they, uh, I did the AKAs, and then they said, "Hey, you know, they did AKAs for me, which is pretty funny." And uh, uh, yeah. everybody's got to go check that out. One of one of my favorites. I'm sure there's a conspiracy before the show. Like, hey, let's get it back. Come on. They did. They did. Yeah. Uh, there were some really good ones. I think Jen. Oh. One of Jen. She's like. Call me Sherpa Winfrey, and uh, <laughs> which is one of my one of the ones I thought. Yeah, brilliant. 
Uh, yeah, so no, it was, oh. uh, it was really good. But uh, anyway, so for those of you who don't know, uh, James has jamesnames.com, uh, uh, domain-centric blog published um, and, uh, you know, really bringing some really, really great insight and stories related to domains and the domain industry um, to the public. Uh, before founding James Names, he, uh, James was the lead writer for the Names Pros blog published over 700 articles related to the domain name industry from uh, 2015 to 2019. Uh, since then, uh, building James names into one of the most uh, popular sources for data research and industry news, uh, referenced as a source in articles on several major news outlets, including Mashable, Business Insider, Vice. Um, and aside from James names, he also works with some of the other best and brightest in the domain industry, including us at Media Options, uh, DN Academy, Domain Name Wire, dnd.com, uh, and also working behind the scenes uh, with different projects involving different investors, startups, entrepreneurs, and all that good stuff. And we are lucky enough to have him both write on the Media Options site and also do this podcast with us. So uh, what's happening, man? Yeah, we're good. Um, I was saying to Chris just before the start, I'm quite sleep deprived at the moment. It's um, like six weeks after I've had a baby um, and we've had a few problems. So my wife has been really ill so i've been picking up oh, no. picking up the slacks on that so but um, all good getting better all right well yeah no i mean uh, prayers and and all that for her i mean i hope uh you know uh, she's on the road to recovery now like yeah okay yeah, great we're getting yeah. There. <laughs> yeah you know i mean you know and and we dealt with some of that stuff as well and chris has you know many children so he's been through all of it um and uh you know those are those are never easy but you know it's always great when uh you know for you know or your wife to have you to be able to, you know, pick up the slack. That's never, you know, those are never easy things. They're always nerve wracking. Anytime it's involving the spouse and the kids and the stuff, it's a lot. So, uh, well, glad to hear things are getting better there and, uh, appreciate you still taking the time, man, you know, and, uh, you guys are getting over the heat wave in London, right? I mean, that's the, uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So let's hey, just throw that on top of everything. Yeah. So, <laughs> all right, well, let's keep it moving then. So I'm going to introduce my boy below oh, me. Chris Zyker, a.k.a. Zyker's Island, a.k.a. The Plug, a.k.a. Joe Zyke. Gerard, <laughs> a.k.a. Zyke. Um, Chris is a 17-year executive in veteran sales, marketing, experience managing, accounts over $100 million in annual sales revenue. He's now become uh, arguably the number one domain broker in the world, uh, just below Andrew. Um, you know, has, has, you know, you and Drew are really have become like this amazing tag team. It's a my honor and pleasure to be able to work with you guys on a regular basis. Um, and, uh, you know, you really, you know, what I think is awesome, Chris, I mean, just kind of dive into, it. I'm not going to go through the rest of your, your bio cause we've done this enough on the show, but, um, you know, the way you just dove into domains, how many years ago, five, six years and like, and just made it your mission, right? Six years ago. Yeah. Time flies. Yep. Yeah, yep. dude. It's awesome. Didn't awesome. have any idea of domains before that. In fact, I, I managed a bit, a, a marketing budget. I think we had like four to $6 million at one point just for the accounts that I was working on. So marketing budget and wasn't even on my radar, you know? And so it, it's, it's an interesting perspective. It goes to these stories because you, know, you have to understand the intricacies of corporate America, right? Of these startups, how it works, just the, uh, the, um, you know, the, the corporate culture that, you know, really in, does impact it. And, you know, looking back, it's amazing how many opportunities we missed just because we, you know, I don't think as a company, the companies I worked with understood you know, really, really understood the internet. Yeah, yeah. No, understood the internet <laughs> and, and the, the value of domains. Under that, you know, 
Well, you know, uh, it's interesting, and I, you, you, you bring up a good point. And, you know, so we'll just dive in. So for the folks, uh, you know, off the market forever, we're really talking about domains, domain acquisitions and upgrades from the end user standpoint. Um, so, you know, this kind of is a great segue into, uh, you know, some of what we're talking about, which is, you know, the fact that, you know, a lot of companies, they kind of can't get out of their own way, right? And, uh, you know, and understanding the value of really, you know, the best possible, you know, domain names, exact match, you know, one word premium.coms more often than not, you know, and, and how much value they can really bring and how much they're missing those opportunities. And, and you'd think like, well, you know, these companies, they've got MBA folks and their marketing staff, and they've got all these employees. It's like, how do they, but it, there's a culture piece to it too, you know, hundred percent, hundred percent. And uh, so, so Rick Schwartz, uh, so big shout out to Rick, the domain King uh, just did an article in business insider that just came out where he was talking about some of his history and uh, I thought that was really interesting. He'd sold a domain to CNN um, back in the day, which was one of the, um, you know, and I forget what the domain was, but it was like for a hundred thousand bucks and it was like a big deal back then. Um, and, you know, people couldn't believe that, you know, they pay that kind of money for a domain. And, 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 but the piece that I took that I thought was really interesting that ties exactly to what you're saying is it, you know, it gave him some understanding of how big companies work because, you know, you're, when you're dealing with big entities, you know, you're dealing with, meetings and people and office politics and all of this yeah, kind of yep, stuff. And, yep, you know, and yep. that's, that's a challenge. And, uh, you know, you all, you have to understand that rhythm. And we talk about this a lot on the show is that nobody <clears throat> in the world probably speaks to more, you know, uh, heads of marketing and CEOs. And then Chris does when dealing with end users, because no one's doing as much outreach as we do. Um, you know, it's not just a, uh, oh, media options were so amazing, but I mean, it's literally what we do. And, and it's one of the things that makes us really special and makes us the best in the biz. But the, um, you know, so you do have the opportunity to, to get that kind of insight on yeah, literally yeah. like a, a daily basis. And, uh, but you do have to, you know, and, and even in Rick's, in the business insider article, uh, you know, f- with, with Rick, he was talking about, you know, you, and you understand the cadence of it too. So, you know, just because a deal sort of slows down, doesn't mean that it's dead. You know, you've got, all these stakeholders that have to get coordinated. And again, you're waiting for this meeting to happen and for that person to talk to that person. And, you know, we did a deal recently, which had the craziest sign sign off process. I think I've seen where, you know, we had, a, there was five sign, internal signatures needed to get the final signature on a contract. That's <laughs> crazy. It was like six. You know, so, um, but it's all good. You know, I mean, and I think that, it, but for folks that just get into domaining and they're trying to sell domains to big companies, you know, if they don't have history working inside a big company like that, I think that can be, you know, really a challenge for them to understand and get acclimated to that. Yeah. Yeah. You have to understand. I'm super important. You know, you hit it on the head, Jake. It's like, how do they think? So um, as an example, some of the companies I was with, it was very much the culture was cost cutting. Right. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you thought, hey, this company, these companies are big. They're, they, they can afford it. But in internally, it was like, hey, we're cutting costs. And so, you know, everyone kind of feeds on each other. Hey, I'm the best cost cutter, you know, mm. and inevitably they, um, you know, they don't, they, they don't see the opportunities. Uh, and so, you know, a lot of times, you know, so I was reaching out on a domain name it's a one word domain name. And it literally was this person's brand, like perfect for them. Okay. Got in touch with the CEO of the company, the founder of the company, right. He founded it. He punted me down to the CMO. I was in, I was on uh, this email chain with like four different people, and you know, hey, what's the price? Give the price, and then it was like, don't ever ever email me again. <laughs> and it was like, yeah. what? Yeah, like, yeah. did I miss something here? Like, uh, 
you know, I gave you the price. It's your brand. You're, you're successful. This keyword is a generic keyword that, um, that not only describes your business, but also describes the industry, okay, that you're in, in a sense. And so, you know, the ROI and the value to them is very real. Uh, you know, one of the things I, I like to say when I, you know, this took me a while to figure out when I was selling domains is, is to take the pressure off, okay? Because I used to say, oh, I got to sell this domain name right off the bat to someone. But the reality is that big domain names don't sell with the company. It's not one call. You don't say, hey, that's the main name. I, actually, it was one call. I had one time, it was one call. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, hey. um, That was pretty cool. And, and I think, you know, <laughs> hindsight, it probably could have sold for more. But um, uh, where was I going with that? It, um, it takes time to marinate. Process, it takes, yeah. yeah, it takes time to marinate. It takes time to go through this process. In this instance, you know, you know. So you take the pressure off, right? As you're getting on someone's radar, you're saying, hey, I think this is a good fit for you. And then the next conversation is, you know, because inevitably, you see, given the price, everybody, they're like, that's too much, right? I'm, you know, just do. And so it's, it's this thought like, we can debate the price all day long, but we can't, you know, debate this has value for your brand, right? So go back, look at a value equation and come back with an offer because there is, there is value for your brand, this domain name, mm-hmm. um, and get to get that those juices flowing there. And I think James, you put together some good stories here that we can probably jump into uh, along those along those uh, along that kind of frame and thought. Yeah, no, I think that yeah. makes sense. So one la- one last thing, and then we'll dive into those. But the um, you know one of the comments was talking about hey, you know, uh, talking about try to give some insight into how to reach some of these folks, you know, like when we talk about trying to reach the end users and the decision makers and stuff, do you find, uh, you know, is it, you have, you know, do you find more success going up the ladder or having to go down the ladder? If that makes sense. I mean, is it, are you trying to reach like the CEO first or is it, Hey, let me convince the marketing guy and then I can convince this, the finance guy and then they can convince the CEO and, you know, how, how do you find, I know it's different with each sort of end user type company, but what do you find to be the, the more effective approach? So we're going to, we're going to hit this JT names con. Yeah, <laughs> okay. I call it, the, I call it the three V's of, of domain selling, not Gary V, but the three V's. You know? <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, let's go. <laughs> All right. Uh, and it's visibility, viability, and valuation. Okay. So the first thing is visibility to the domain sell. Do they even know it exists as an option? Right. A lot mm-hmm. of times companies don't like this, not even on the radar. Right. I mean, you're going through, um, you know, even we don't. Right. There's some times where I've reached out a domain name, let's say two years ago, and I just, hey, this is still for sale. I don't even go to the domain. OK. Mm-hmm. And then I get an email from like one of the other brokers. Hey, we're brokering this now. And it's like, ah, OK. <laughs> <All> right, <yeah. laughs> you know, but it, so it's visibility. Get it on their radar. The next one is uh, viability. Right. Is are you getting in touch with the right contact? At mm-hmm. that company. So that's to your point right there. It's like, um, and okay, so, you know, I've never had any luck with salespeople. It's counterintuitive, but, you know, salespeople usually tell you to F off, get lost, unsubscribe, um, because they're so myopic and so focused on what they're doing. You know, a lot of times they don't even, they don't even want to think about that opportunity. Mm-hmm. So salespeople are the worst people to contact. Right below that is IT. Okay. <laughs> IT. <laughs> Is the second worst. Now, the flip to this, I did a blog years ago, and it was like, hey, this is like, if you're an IT guy, you can change the table on this because this gets you a seat at the table, right? The leadership table, because you understand domains and marketing and strategy. And so, you know, although on one hand, it's like they're, they, they always say no because, you know, they're focused on where they're at, right? 
Um, they don't understand marketing, budgeting. A lot of times they're like in the basement, you know, and you know, they're cut out of the conversation because they're IT. You know, it's like, hey, you shouldn't be up here, right? But you know, this this brings it to marketing. And uh, so those are the two worst people to contact. But I would say, and and, and we'll get into as you go in these articles, we can look at these, like 99.9% of domain names, you just have the wrong buyer. Like you think it's that buyer, but the reality is it's not that buyer, right? That's not the buyer for your domain name. You know, the four strategies are marketing, sub, I mean, sub brand, sub brand marketing, defensive nature. And you're reaching out on, and you're saying, oh, this could be a good fit for you, you know, because it's, it's whatever, whatever, it's 5G, it's, you know, it's it's building. And they're like, you know, well, how, why would they use that, right? Um, you know, why would they, why wouldn't they just put it into their brand, put their marketing budget into their brand today, right? You're trying to sell them the sub brand, this marketing. And the reality is that they just don't need it. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, I think that that's, you know, I wrote some things down here, uh, liquidity, desire, and culture. Okay. So we hit culture, <laughs> you know, I think liquidity is a big, a big question here. And I don't know if we hit this this week, probably next month, but desire there's just no desire. Listen, they may say, hey, what's the price, right? You're thinking, oh, there's desire. And you're like, oh, you know, you have two days to make an offer. And they're like, dude, I don't even want it. Like, yeah. I'm just like, you know, <laughs> like, and that's where I think, you know, Rick Schwartz does a great job is that he, you know, he can tap into, okay, when is someone come with this desire there? And then you can work with that desire and you can work on the elements of sales and scarcity. So, yeah, no, I think that's all great. Yeah, it's interesting stuff. And, uh, you know, it's, uh, well, let's let's talk, like you said, let's get into some of the specifics. So, you know, uh, a lot of what we do on the show, we've been, you know, piggybacking off of some of the articles that James has been writing, you know, because for, for you, James, what I think is amazing is how you tap into these folks that, you know, a lot of the articles when you're, if after people have acquired a domain already, so many of these, you know, I think what seems to be a common theme in a lot of the articles is that they just seem to get it, you know, and uh, they understand the value that are really like, you know, when they talk about reputation and they talk about, you know, sort of the immediate sort of brand identity and the things that like, hey, we wanted to be, you know, we were doing well, but we knew we needed to upgrade because we wanted to be an international or a nationwide company and, and, and uh, you know, premium.com domain, for example, gave us immediate trust and viability and recognition, you know, and uh, so they seem, you know, so would you think that, you know, most of the time with the folks that you're talking to who've already acquired the domain, it seems like that, you know, they're already believing in what they're doing based on those things. Right. Would you kind of think that's a common thread? Yeah. That's what I'm saying. But in, interestingly, a lot of them seem to be in the first couple of years of, of, uh, you know, of business. Um, you know, either they, they acquire a domain name before they start or bit, or they get a series A funding round and then acquire the domain name then. But um, you don't see too many, well-established, you know, IPO public companies buying huge domain names. I mean, we're going to talk about one or two today, but they're mm-hmm. kind of, they're kind of, they're, they're not typical. Huh. Um, well, and the question is, is that, you know, do they need it to get up there? Right. I mean, some of them do, yeah. um, but let, let, let's jump, let's jump in. This, you know, I think you do a great job. I think you got some really good questions here as we get into this, these, uh, these examples. Yeah. So let's talk about the Microsoft flip.com acquisition, right? So Microsoft, um, they, you know, so they acquired Flipgrid. So let's go, why don't you go through and let's do this. You go, go, go ahead, James, and kind of give the quick breakdown and let's talk about it. Yeah. So Flipgrid was a company founded in 2014. Um, it started off focusing on a, a video discussion platform specifically for education, but um, after 
Microsoft acquired the company in 2018, it started to expand into more of a generic um, public video discussion platform. Um, but interestingly, this year in June 2022, the company rebranded. So it's dropped the grid. So from Flipgrid to Flip. Um, and along with that, it seems the company's acquired Flip.com as well. So they've switched from Flipgrid.com to Flip.com. So those are the basics. Um, doesn't seem on the who is at the moment it doesn't seem like microsoft own the domain name and the who is isn't a bit fishy on that but you know it's not in their uh, corporate account but um yeah it's it's a phenomenal domain name and my first question would be why would they rebrand at this stage you know four yeah. years after being acquired by <laughs> such a big company um they haven't been merged into microsoft at the moment um it seems like Microsoft and the people behind Flipgrid are insistent on making Flip a brand, a standalone brand. And I'm just wondering why, after all this time, they've decided to rebrand to something shorter. Right. So yeah. I, I actually you want to say something, JT? Yeah, please go. Um, I just jumped on their site here and I looked at their article. And uh, it's interesting. So I think, you know, on one hand, you know, Flipgrid is actually like when I look and I'm, I'm going through, I'm developing this framework. Okay. Like how should you brand when you can't get the, the raw version? Okay. Uh, of your brand. And it's this thought like having something like that, like a flip grid, right? It's like two different words that come together. It's your own brand. And, um, you know, it, it creates the ability for you to differentiate yourself, but it's not like flip video, right. Or flip design or flip, you know, that grid, actually those two words together actually make it a brand. Right. So, um, versus many companies, they actually, what they'll do is they'll actually use, you know, um, you know, my try, get, right, get flip, try flip, my flip. Yeah. And so I, I think the original branding strategy was actually wasn't bad, right? Flip grid. Okay. Two words Yeah, combined. it's a decent name. It's it's a memorable name. Um, it, it means that they can pivot from one thing to another. They, they don't have to stay in um, you know, video discussion platforms. So Yeah. Yeah. But at the same okay. point, I yeah, think. What, what's I, the need for the name? Yeah. yeah. And the same point, I think that it's very difficult to do because sometimes you do look, it doesn't come across as being um, strong, right? As being a leader, right? Because it is, you know, you do have those two words and, you know, I, I, I and I'm going to get to your, my thought in a second here, James. So like, you know, I, I subscribe to AppSumo, yes. right? Sumo.com, AppSumo. I'm not sure which site I went to, right? But great story, Sumo.com, Sundomain Sherpa, check it out, interview. And, uh, you know, a lot of those, you know, companies, startups, you know, it's just kind of a me too, right? It's the same thing. It's like, you know, these made up domains and you're like, ah, it doesn't really instill like this excellence and like this confidence in the win that you get from one word, right? So with flip, with Flipgrid, it's like, okay, is it flip? Is it grid? I don't know. Like the two words combined doesn't really mean anything, right? It's Flipgrid. Like, mm. I don't know, right? It's a branding approach, I think, for the smaller companies, but flip uh, you know, now they get everything that comes in to flip, right? Um, they get the win that's there. And so I think what, what I can see is that it was a complete rebranding strategy to reboot the company. So the, the company realized, hey, we've gotten a certain certain point. We're going to rebrand with that rebrand. We're going we're to redo everything. And so it's like this fresh new start to take the company from where they're at to the next level of where they're going. And it's a strategy. It's just with just a rebranding strategy, right? It's like, it, it kept the essence of the company with Flip, right? But it, it allowed them to get out there and to say, hey, we're new, check us out. Hmm. 
So that's my that's my thought. It's not like a company that um, you know, like the Rubicon. Like uh, I'm trying to think of you know we we've, we've sold so many um, that they own. You know, they're they're basically just you know going from the .io.com whatever to the raw version, right? Hey, we own it now. This is like it's a whole rebranding kind of approach strategy. It's announced on their site to kind of instill this newness to their brand, their product, uh, and to get you know new interest. I guess it's it's also familiar to any customers that are still there because Flip is part of the name. Uh, mm-hmm. Most customers can just understand. Yeah. Okay, so you've just shortened it. Um, but it does the job of rejuvenating the company, I guess, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, yeah, so what I was going to say, too, I mean, if you check it out, I mean, it's pretty neat because they have on their homepage for Flip.com, like, a you know, find out more, you know, Flip, yeah. uh, Flipgrid is now Flip, find out more. Um, and it does. I think kind of to your point, they're really trying to establish this thing as a standalone brand. I think it's interesting and really cool because you kind of recognize, kind of going to what, what Chris was saying before, you know, you have a lot of big brands that would say, hey, yeah, we have a product that's called this, but why would we need that domain name? We'll just fold it under our brand and, you know, not spend all this, you know, and, and use the marketing budget for other things. And I think, you know, no, no situation is the same. Um, this one is really cool because they probably recognize, you know, you've got TikTok, you've got all these other kinds of things happening that, you know, video has really become so key for a lot of the social media and tech companies in general. Um, and, you know, so follow those threat, those trends. This is the kind of thing that they're trying to lean into. Um, and also recognizing that, Hey, like we want to really put our best foot, best flip forward, um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, in order to really uh, try to lean into this particular brand, probably recognizing that this could really, you know, have, have legs. Um, and, uh, yeah, yeah. you know, yep. so I think that to me is just really neat. And it just shows like sort of, uh, like you uh, now James, you were saying it's unclear, like where the name came from, or if they had had it for some, like, uh, do we know who they acquired it from or any of the details around it? Not sure on that immediately. Um, yeah, it just doesn't seem to be under Microsoft, Microsoft's own portfolio. Um, yeah. So well, they're not they're not on the the who is so I'm not sure not sure yeah. what's going on but yeah Flipgrid's definitely using it yeah so no and without even like I mean right off the bat look Flip.com is an incredible domain name right it's one of those that's like when you talk about you know what are these premium dot com names that we're taught one word dot coms and not all one words are created equal you know but when you got a short four character like oh. It sounds cool, like, you know, it could mean a bunch of different stuff, but, you know, it's broad enough that it really does kind of fit with what they're doing, um, you know, and, uh, you know, Flip, it's just, it's cool, you know, and, uh, you know, I'm sure if they had to go out and acquire it, it obviously wasn't cheap, um, and uh, but it shows the fact that they kind of get it, and it most importantly shows that there's a real, um, you know, there's a plan where they're really trying to build this thing out, like you said, James, into its own standalone brand, where Flip is like its own thing. And uh, looks like it was owned by Team Vogue in the past. Okay. So is that a Hearst brand? So, um, you know, nothing happened on it forever. Or I was redirecting at one point. So, yeah, no, I think, I think it's a, um, you know, it, it's a good example. You know, I'm, I'm sure a, you know, if it was owned by, you know, one of the big media channels, which it looks like, I'm not sure who owns Vogue, but they, um, you know, they weren't actively marketing. I don't think. I, I don't know. Was did somebody buy it, James? You know that, or I don't see it being. When I go to archive, it's like nothing on it. Yeah, I was gonna. I was gonna say in this in this case, would it have been 
Flipgrid behind the scenes going, okay, so we want to rebrand. We're going to go after Flip.com as part of our rebrand strategy. So they employ a broker or they go after it themselves. Um, it, it doesn't look like it has been on the market at all. So behind the scenes, they've just gone and made a deal for it. That's what it seems like. Yeah. No, and I think it's really cool. I mean, and I think that, you know, I'm sure Flipgrid, when, you know, back when they were founded in 14, you know, and acquired by Microsoft, I'm sure it was even part of the, hey, you know, you know, our plan would be to eventually acquire Flip.com, you know, as part of their, you know, broader sort of branding and marketing strategy. Um, and then, you know, after they went through their little integration period, and then, you know, you got some stakeholders inside the organization that said, you know, the larger Microsoft business that, either gave these guys enough, you know, sort of leash to run with, or they just, you know, bought in across the, you know, the board and said, yeah. Hey, it's, it's time to do that. And then they went after it. And, uh, you know, again, like, you know, just looking at this page, this info page about, um, just kind of what flip is about. And, uh, you know, they're, you know, I mean, now they're flip, they're no longer flip grid, they're flip. And, you know, it's like, yeah. it'll be really cool to see, see how this yep. evolves. But, so, I mean, you said that the marketing, uh, the marketing for for Flipgrid, the plan for it might have been that way back in 2018 that they might have had this on the radar. Is that is that quite typical for a company like this? You know, is is a domain is acquisition they, in place years before? Is that what they said? No, 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 no. That's what I said. Um, yeah, oh. no, because we we've definitely seen that. Um, you know where it's you know you you know because the marketing folks, this is like where you've got your your peoples are siloed, right? And you know and the branding folks and and you know they've got their hey what are the things that we would you know what are our nice to haves what are our must-haves and all those kinds of things and mm-hmm. somewhere on somebody's radar even going back to the beginning they you know felt like hey we want to be flip flips not available we'll be flip grid eventually we're going to upgrade when can we make that happen and you know and as part of some of those conversations i'm sure that is part of their acquisition because when you're also doing these deals where you know they're acquiring a company like this yeah, they're talking about all this different stuff. You know, they're connecting yeah, yeah. their marketing folks with some of the, you know, and, you know, Corp Dev would, you know, be probably quarterbacking this but making sure the right people are talking to whatever about sort of their plans and where they see it going and why this is exciting and interesting and how it ties into the modeling and the numbers and all this kind of stuff. And then, you know, with the thought that that was always something that was on their radar, it was just a question of when. And, you know, and when they were Flipgrid without the backing of one of the largest companies in the world, you know, acquiring a, a name like Flip.com is, you know, is is less of a well, must-have and, and more of a nice-to-have, you know. But then once you have yeah, and, the means and the access, it's like, now you can do this kind of yeah. thing. You need to buy in. And, and, and they may have reached out and were told no at one point. Hey, we're not selling it. Um, it may be tied up. I, I have to go back and really look at the, um, the history of who owns it. But I, I would say this is a great example. I mean, listen, everything comes back to the seven dimensions, you know. I mean, it truly does, right? Branding, marketing, right? Um, in this case, I think they were going through a rebrand of this to say, how do we, you know, bring life back into this? And acquiring and shortening their domain and getting rid of the grip, right? Because it's like, hey, they have a new flip camera, right? Well, then, you know, it comes back to scaling, right? Well, hey, here's the flip grid camera. Sounds like cool. So here's the flip camera. Um Although I, I want to say, wasn't there a flip camera back in the day? Or I forget when I used to. Well, there's use. a flip phone. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, I know that. But I'm, I'm trying to think the one I used to use was like one of the original cameras that was like uh, digital cameras. Anyways, yeah, I think it's a cool story. I think it was, you know, it's one of those things that I bet you, like, let's say you're a domain owner, you're reaching out to them. They probably would have said, hey, we're Flipgrid. We don't care about Flip. 
that's my thought, you know, just having dealt with this quite a bit. They may say that's kind of cool to have what, what's the price. But typically what I see is that it's just, um, you know, because they have the two words, they would come back and say, ah, we're this brand. We don't need that. And it wasn't until they were acquired by Microsoft, they probably had a branding company come in and say, hey, we've got this. We want to go after this hard. We want to rebrand to create some life back into this. That they said, what, what if we go this route? And so if you think about that, it brings a, a completely different perspective to the budget for the domain. Mm-hmm. Because now they're like, well, hey, this is a rebrand. This is not just, you know, acquiring our, 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 our raw version. It's the whole total package. And they can justify, I think, probably a bigger a bigger um, price. Yeah, a bigger price tag, for sure. Yeah. yeah, no, I think it's really cool. You know, and again, I think it's also one of those things where, you know, if you're a company like Microsoft, right, you're now, you're now, you don't want to be a dinosaur, right? You want to have like, you know, they're very established, well, obviously, but, you know, but, but, very like they're kind of old school at this point. Right. So it's like, how do you, you know, capture some of this energy around things that, you know, to propel, you know, these, this new business forward. Right. And, uh, and again, I mean, I think it's, and, and I just look at it like where video is such a key, important trend. Um, yeah. some stuff I was reading recently about TikTok, where it was like, I'm not a TikTok user myself, you know, but <laughs> the other day I was, uh, you know, at the gym, some kid was, uh, you know, dude, I say kid, he was probably like, you know, like 20. doing the dancing, whatever. <laughs> well, no, no, but he was like, you know, he, was, <laughs> you know, he had music playing off of his like, phone. Dude, like, what are you doing? He had music playing bench. off his phone, you know, I'm like, hey, man, what do you, what do you listen to? You know, he's like, nah, it's TikTok. You know what I mean? I'm like, oh, oh okay, wow. okay. And, uh, you know, and then, but I, I read something recently where they were talking about people, you know, using TikTok to learn, you know, like kind of the way we use YouTube videos, like how do you do this? How do you do that? You know, there's different life hacks and different things right off of TikTok, you know, because this whole flip uh, platform uh, and product is really based around learning, right? Like almost like quick learning from video through some sort of like, you know, sort of community and, you know, all based on around, you know, the use of the, you know, the camera and all that kind of stuff. Um you know, and I just think, again, I think you've got a, a established company that needs to inject a little bit of life into some of the new stuff that they're rolling out. And it yep, makes sense yep. that, they, you know, they wouldn't do this under the Microsoft, um, you know, it's under their umbrella, but not under the Microsoft brand. And this is a real opportunity to do some cool, cool stuff that's new and fresh. And the name is really going to drive, you know, the whole thing. So, yep, yeah. Yep. So yeah. Do you totally think at agree. some point it would go to Microsoft Flip? You know, they'd bring it under like they do Microsoft Teams. Would it be Microsoft Flip? And that's yeah, a better move. I mean, than Microsoft I think potentially, Flip, right? you know, I think it just ends up being, you know, this, that's really more of a, you know, without being in the room and knowing. And I wonder if we could get information. You probably could glean some stuff from like some of their, you know, filings and things. But, yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, look, this is the way they're branding it on the page as you see it. It's just Flip. And uh, so, yeah, I mean, maybe Microsoft Flip, but. I think for them, you know, it's like try to push it, you know, try to push the bird out the nest. You know what I'm saying? Like, let it. Yeah, they're they're making know. a big play for sure. Okay, cool. Yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, so no, good stuff. Good stuff and great find and uh, super cool. And also shout out to Jamie Zock, uh, who spotted the, uh, you know, the, the, the deal, the transaction back in May. Uh, so, uh, you know, he's always got his, uh, you know ear to the to the ground you know what i mean and uh always find you know there's a couple of folks in the space like you james um you know jamie george kirikos does a really great job you know elliot yeah. silver does a good job 
um, you know, gleaning information from public filings and other things and, you know, just watching the movement of certain domains and who is and all that kind of stuff. So, um, you know, big, huge service to the space, you know, because otherwise we wouldn't, we wouldn't know, we wouldn't be aware of these kinds of things. Yeah. We couldn't, couldn't use it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Good call right. out. Good call out. Media Options is the industry's leading domain broker specializing in domain acquisitions, high-value domain sales, and domain name consultation. As pioneers and thought leaders on the subject of the domain aftermarket and domain name value, plus through their clear domain acquisition service, Media Options offers startups and established corporations an unparalleled scope of high-value domain options, providing access to domain names and curation technologies not available elsewhere. Media Options believes in the power of a great domain name and is dedicated to helping you obtain yours. Call or email today to put a domain to work for you. So, all right, well, let's talk about the next one is an upgrade, right? So we've got Fruitful upgrading to Fruitful.com. So uh, so talk to us about this one. What's the, uh, what would happen here? So this is a, an article I published on Domain Name Wire a couple of weeks ago. Um, so the, the article is about Fruitful, um, uh, a financial planning company that was founded in 2021. Um, the company matches qualified financial guides with customers and they offer one-on-one -on -one video chats, uh, direct messaging access, um, and members area just to help clients make better financial decisions. And I think at the moment with the recession maybe coming, inflation getting higher and higher, it's a, it's a really apt service. Um, so it's a subscription-based product. Apparently it's cheaper than paying a financial advisor. Um, the company began life in stealth mode last year as Branch. And interestingly, the company used branch.com right out of the bat. Wow. So that, for the first, I think for the first you know, seven, eight months, maybe longer, the company was in stealth mode as Branch with branch.com. Um, their official company name was Branch Financial Inc. or something like that. So they're really committed to that Branch brand name. And then all of a sudden in December, they just suddenly switched. So they've switched from branch.com to fruitful.co. Um, and for a while, it was not really clear why the company did that. Um, but but during, during my research for this article, I found a press release from Fruitful that maybe points towards the company receiving $6 million for branch.com. It's not confirmed, but just working things out it seems like maybe they were just starting up and then they got a massive offer in for the domain they couldn't say no at that stage it was easier for them to rebrand so take the money invest it in the company so um yeah they've they've just gone public uh they've, they've just unveiled themselves to the public with 37 million dollars of funding so really well funded um and then just after they launched they switched over to fruitful.com so that that was that was acquired around the time that they publicly launched. So there we go. Well, you know, so there's a there's a there's a bunch to unpack here. I think this is a really really interesting one, right? Super, so you, yeah. You know, so basically, so they launched on Branch.com, which is a killer name as well, right? So that's fantastic. Then they sold Branch.com for six million dollars, right? And I agree with you. I mean, it's one of those things where. You know, somebody offers you six million bucks for that domain and you 
you know, it's hard to say no to that unless you're already funded and already an enormous conglomerate yourself, right? So, um, but um, I mean, that's it's speculation, but everything so towards that. So, we're just going to say um, it's all facts. We're just going to go okay, off. Of, like, our our okay. narrative is the truth here. That's we manufacture <laughs> truth here on Demetri. But uh, all right, go ahead, Chris. What were you saying? Well, I was say so. I, when I go to branch, it goes to ourbranch.com and it yeah. says Branch Financial Inc. So. Was that uh, that's the company that acquired it, right? And fruitful yeah. was called Branch Financial something. Yeah, something like that. I can't okay. remember exactly. It was it was either Branch Inc. or Branch Financial Inc. Um, yeah, I'm wondering was, if there wasn't an issue with the uh, trademarks. Actually, you know. Yeah, if maybe they got into it. You know, maybe there's something there. They said, "Hey, you know, they rebrand." Because that is interesting that they would they would do that. Um. Super yeah, interesting they're, too. They're they, two financial companies, really, aren't they? So then maybe maybe the new company was stepping on the toes a bit. They were they were going back and forth, and just suddenly thought, okay, we need to we need to sort this out. Yeah, yeah. Put the domain name on rebrand. Yeah, so right. you know, because you would argue. I mean, look, not not even argue, but going from branch.com to fruitful.co was a downgrade, right? Yeah, so, super. Yeah, so, you know, so that as far is, down the hill as you could probably go, really. <laughs> yeah right like that was a big drop off so is it worth yeah probably worth the six million depending on where you are in your business right but that's a that's a bold move i think then going from fruitful.co to fruitful.com i think obviously makes a ton of sense and now if we're comparing branch.com to fruitful.com right i mean clearly like branch is a better domain than fruitful so you know um <laughs> So now it's yeah. a question of, you know, was it so they effectively and and it probably cost them some money to buy fruitful.com because they didn't they didn't start there. So, you know, let's say it cost them half a million bucks for fruitful.com, right? Um and you know, I'm just throwing a number I have no idea, you know, but like whatever, let's just it's say not, they, it's not out of the question, I don't think that number. No, and I think the reason why I think it was probably, you know, more than paying 50 grand because I feel like mm-hmm. if it was 50 Gs, they would have la- they would have never launch with fruitful.co, you know. So which yeah. makes which tells me that that took a second for them to to, you know, square away. So so let's say that the, you know, so is 5 and a half million or even just the full 6 million worth the the you know, the drop from branch.com to fruitful.com. And uh, you know, now they have funding, so um, I don't know. I think this is an interesting one. I, I think it's, you know, again, I appreciate the upgrade from fruitful.co to fruitful.com. We talk about that a lot, that that's a, a you know, a co- consistently common and important upgrade for companies to make. You know, we even, you know, we were, when we were talking about this, this was a Twitter conversation we were having with some folks too, which was saying like, you know, is that the most important upgrade? And in a lot of ways, I believe it is because, you know, I think that is where you're going to get the most uh, confusion, um, email leakage, yep, everything yep, else, you know? Yep. Um, so, you know, so that makes a lot of sense, but branch to fruitful. I mean, is it worth the, you know, would you take, do you take, do you do that deal? Do you say, all right, I'll take 6 million bucks and take the, the worst domain name the not as, or, or is it, you've got to have some faith in your business. I mean, at some point, you know, they launched with in, in June with 37 million in funding, right? So six million, it matters. It's still, you know, it's a, it's like, you know, it's a chunk of that. But do they need the six million if you're getting the thirty-seven? And do you have to downgrade? And does the downgrade, if you're trying to be a company that wants to have a twenty-plus year, you know, legacy and track record, that's a long time to operate on a 
you know, on a lesser quality domain name. Not that mm-hmm. Fruitful is bad. I like Fruitful. I think it's cool. I think it's, you know, passes most of the, you know, it's the radio test. It's, you know, not hard to spell. It's makes sense. I think it kind of flows a little bit with what they're do- talking about this idea of like, you know, blossoming and, you know, that fruitful and, you know, that's, there's a positive connotation and a, you know, and a growth thing around, you know, your finances and what they do. Um, so maybe it's, you know, maybe it's, you know, you're going from a, you know, an A domain. I wouldn't call it an, a, I wouldn't call branch an A plus I'd say it's an A domain, right. To a B domain, B plus. What do you think? What's, what's fruitful to you guys? What do you think? Yeah. B plus, I think it's okay. a, it's a decent domain name, but not, I don't think it really passes the, the radio test because is it L on the end? Is it double L? You know, that's, that's the yeah. issue that I would have. Yeah, I actually messed that up. I was like, okay, double L. Um, they took an L then. You know, they, that, they extra L L was for, they, that extra L, L was for them on this deal then. Um, I think it's definitely my L and learn how to spell. But um, <laughs> it's like... So what, yeah. So what do you guys think? I mean, you know, and, and look, maybe we're making it seem like, hey, it's, it's easy, you know, because they went live in June of 2022 with the 37 million funding. And, you know, they rebranded to Fruitful at the end of 21. So perhaps, you know, that funding took place in between that time frame. So it's not as simple. And, and if you go from not having a lot of money to all of a sudden having six mil, and then, you know, you get even further funding, which maybe was because you got the funding from the domain in the first place, right? So it's like maybe that yeah. you wouldn't have gotten the one without the other. So there's a lot of, it, you know, look, and you know what they say about assumptions, make an ass out of you and me and all that stuff. So we don't want to assume too, too much. I think you need, to, you need to do an interview with this one, James. Let's get to the bottom of this We need to get answers. <laughs> but I think that would be the question, and that would be the question I'd pose to the audience. You know, like, hey, guys, like, you know, hit so, us up, like, with comments and let us know what you think. Was this so the he, right move is the question. He, here's what I think, okay? I think when you look at a brand, you're trying to capture the momentum behind that brand, right? You're trying, you know, basically that that's the, the power of a keyword, right? So, my evaluation philosophy is raw equity, brand equity, perceived equity, right? Raw equity is the inherent value of how we think about that keyword, what it makes us feel when we, when we say that keyword. And that's why there's value in one word domain names, right? Because it's, it's like you have, there's, there's already like, you know, centuries <laughs> or whatever, right? Of value there. So fruitful to me is like, you know, you want your, your investment to be fruitful, right? You want it to, your money to make money, that have value. Um, so I think fruitful is from that standpoint, it, it doesn't still positive feelings for me. Oh, Hey, I'm, I'm at fruitful.com. Um, I'm, I'm, you know, getting this advice. It's fruitful advice. It's helpful. You think positive or as branch.com, you know, I mean, I think it's, it's to your point, JT, JT, like it is a better keyword, right? It's easier to spell. It's branch. Um, you know, you could say it's much more established, right? I mean, you, I, you know, you think, okay, it's, it's a branch of, of a big bigger company. Um, you know, I think of, I don't know, I don't know why I'm thinking of Jordan Belfort, you know, his company, whatever it was called, you know, it's well, like, it has legacy to it. Yeah. But I don't, I don't get any positive connotation. I think branch, right. Doesn't it, I don't oh, say, okay. Oh, wow. Okay. It's, okay. it's, um, it's just, it's kind of there. It's like, Hey, it's branch, right? It's like, um, I feel like branch to me is strong though. You know what I'm saying? And the idea of branch, like, cause the idea is your entry for what their business is, which is this introduction of financial guides to customers and things. You're talking about this idea of branching out, you know, like branching yeah. out the network, branching out the, the, the help, the support, and then branching out your sort of financial roadmap, you know, and your financial um, you know, call it your financial portfolio, right? Is branching out from the root, from the foundation. So 
yeah, and, and yeah. To me, yeah, branch, there you go. Okay. So to me, branch does connotate a certain level of sort of again strength and support, and I think it flows very well. Like it was a it was a fantastic choice for the the domain they started with. I don't dislike fruitful. You know, I think that's kind of what I'm saying. I'm, I'd be curious, you know, and I think if it helped them get to the point that, you know, now they've got all this money in the bank with the ability to really create and run a business. I mean, I think that's a, I think that's a, a good deal, but I guess, you know, and, and it's, it's hard with the facts that we have since we're, you know, some conjecture here, but again, I think that's why I was, what, what I'm saying is, is it'd be interesting to get some feedback from the audience. So, so my call yeah, to, yeah. to y'all who are listening Hit us up on Twitter, hit in the comments, you know, um, if you're working off of the same facts that we have, um, what do you think? Was this a good move? Selling branch for several million dollars, um, rebranding to fruitful. Um, I think ending up again, going from branch.com to fruitful.com and maintaining most of that cash in the meantime. And if that was also helpful in establishing a foundation to be able to raise the additional 30 some million dollars, like, you know, I think that's a hard, that's a hard deal to pass up on. And I, and I like that. I like that a lot. Um, but I'd be curious so it's interesting. what other people think, you know? Yeah. You know, I just got on, I got on trade market JT and, and branch, uh, financial and the insurance had, they had their trademark since 2019. And so if these guys launched after that and they weren't, you know, they were still in stealth, but I wonder if there was something along that maybe, cause you know, insurance, could that be financial services? You know, if there yeah. was, if there was something on the back end. But yeah, put your put your comments down below. Let's hear it. Yeah, yeah. Um, Let us know what you think. Would you best do comment this deal? JT's gonna have on Domain Sherpa the next Domain Sherpa show? Okay. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We'll bring <laughs> he's up. gonna he's gonna send you some uh, a, a, a t-shirt or uh, a mug. Gonna, I don't know. Might get some swag, you know. But um, but no, I mean, like I I just think, uh, but I think I would probably do a deal like this. I think if you know, looking at it from a you know running a business, you know, we know what that's like. It's like okay, you have an opportunity to inject a really big chunk of money that could help, you know. You know, because then you're talking about, all right, especially if you don't think there's that much. The interesting thing was this sort of mid middle of the, you know, sort of process, you know, stop of Fruitful.co in the meantime. Because going from branch to Fruitful, to branch.com to Fruitful.co, yeah, yeah. I think is, is, to me, is not great. I don't know that that's worth, like, you know, I would have at a minimum just spent half that money that I got paid on branch. Now, assuming... now. They, they sold it for six, but then what they pay for it, right? So, you know, that's yeah. also not all profit either. Um, but I can't imagine also, they paid six for it. So, also, maybe the other thing, maybe they had early investors on board who suddenly saw this offer come in and, and they say, right, you need to take this offer, you know, in, in order to help fund the business, in order to grow it. Oh, and we're sure it's a different entity that took it. It wasn't like a parent company that ran on, that took the domain, the dot com. And, and yeah, there's and, too many questions, man. <laughs> <laughs> I know, but this is part no, of the fun of the show. So many questions here on what what could have happened because, yeah. Um, well, and I, but I think right, that's JT. part of the that's part of the fun of this show too is that we get to look at these situations and then get to use our own expertise and experience to kind of you know ask questions, give our commentary, and kind of like sort of what we think and you know. And I think this one is an interesting one. That's why we're spending time talking about it. But all right, but I, with that, I, I, I didn't see your perspective at first, JT. So I, I do agree. Branch is. It's scalable. There's some cool things behind it. I just like the F and the R and fruitful. I I, I yeah, think it's well, look, and I think it's, look, a, it's not a it's not the, a bad one. Yeah, and if, um, if this and if the question is, hey, would you would you take you know a couple million bucks off the table and switch from branch to fruitful.com, Your answer would be sure, and because for you, you almost like the brand even a little bit better. And then that's the big win. If you've got enough people in the room that are making that branding decision, you know, with with more information than we have, obviously. 
and feel like, hey, this is a equal, if not a better, like an upgrade, and you take cash off the table and help to propel you towards, you know, this big funding round and everything else, then that's a big, big old win for all these folks. So I think it's pretty cool, you know, yeah. and, and it's yeah. definitely interesting. So, all right, well, let's keep it moving. We've got at least one or two more that we want to talk about before we, uh, you know, before we sign off. Um, all right, so we've got this uh, connect.com acquisition. Uh, by HubSpot, which is this one, you talk about a, an amazing domain name. Um, so James, go ahead, give us a little bit of uh, give us a little bit of background here. Yeah, I felt like we couldn't not talk about this one. You know, just a, a ten million dollar <laughs> end user domain name sale doesn't come along very often. Um, yep. So we kind of just need to need to have a chat about it. HubSpot, uh, the the public software company, secured Connect.com earlier this year. I think it was April. This year, um, Elliot Silver had the scoop on that. Um, the domain name redirects to network.hubspot.com. And from what I can gather, HubSpot is going to use connect.com in conjunction with HubSpot Network, which is its recently launched social network. Um, so that social ne- network allows users to HubSpot users to connect with each other. So maybe think of it like LinkedIn, but with a focus on HubSpot products and certifications. Um, so there's there's... There's a little bit in the SEC filing where George found this this info um, about what they might use a domain name for. So this is, it's going to be in connection with this, but any more isn't known at the moment. So, I mean, for $10 million, they've got a specific plan for it. They've, they've got ambitions for it. So, you know, right. why, why spend $10 million on, on this domain name? Yeah, well, so a couple a couple of things here. I mean, first of all, um, you know, I mean, HubSpot's a really a great company, um, and uh, you know, I think that, but I think Connect is a better domain than HubSpot for sure. <laughs> you know, mm. <laughs> <laughs> um, sorry, <laughs> you know. So now HubSpot had established a pretty you know great brand period without necessarily needing to do something like this. Um, but I think what it shows is a couple of things. One, you know, the value of a great .com domain because Connect is as good as it's going to get, right? I mean, you know, um, you know, it's it's a fantastic, fantastic name. And uh, is that A plus on your scale? Then I would say, yeah, absolutely, hundred percent. I'd say that's an A plus yeah. domain to me. I mean, what do you guys think? Hundred percent. Yeah, I agree. You know, so um, and um, you know, so so absolutely. And I think you know, this is a company that understands tech. This is a company that understands the web. Um, and, uh, you know, so for them to, you know, and I think it's a, I think it's a, the, 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 you know, this name, if you told me they bought it for 5 million, I would have said, wow, they got a, they got a good deal, you know, um, buying it for 10, I think is kind of like, I think it's, it's works out pretty well for, for all parties. Right. I don't know why for, you know, I don't know what the seller, you know, had acquired it for or whatever, but, you know, it makes sense to me from a pricing standpoint, um, especially cause you have a buyer, you know, who can afford it. Um, and, uh, you know, it'd be interesting to see as they leverage it, you know, um, do they ultimately at some point down the road, make the full switch over, or is it just sort of a complimentary brand? Um, you know, it's kind of like you've got MicroStrategy, right. That has, they own strategy.com. Right. Hmm. And, you know, wow. at some point they could have made that move. They never have, but you know, you know, when you look at Michael awesome. Saylor, like he has some incredible, incredible domain names. Right. Um, obviously at voice.com. Right. So, um, <clears throat> but yeah, man. So I think that this one to me is just one of those deals where it just seems to make a lot of sense. Um, you know, and I think it'll be really, really interesting to see as they utilize this thing. Um, and, uh, you know, I hope they really, really put it to, uh, to, to use for real. And, uh, yeah, 
So here's my two takeaways in this one. And it's, it comes down to scaling desire and understanding. Okay. So HubSpot, I'm just, I'm just looking at their, their, their charts here on their um, stock price, right? Uh, you know, it's kind of down from the peak that it had back in November 21. Um, every company needs to scale. Like, I mean, these companies need to scale. They need to continue growth um, for their stock price, right? For their investors. And, uh, you know, I think that, that, you know, there's probably some background strategy conversations of what are we going to do, right? What, where can we take this company? Where can we scale? There's a lot of companies that are coming in, nipping at their heels. You know, we use HubSpot. I like it. I think it's great. I think the management team is awesome. Uh, but every company needs to scale. Like it's just, you know, you scale or die. And especially in this tech space, there's so many companies coming in. The second thing, and James, I think you, you and I talked about last, last time was like, listen, and companies understand the value to make. Okay, they do. When they want it, they pay for it. And this is a great case. Like, you know, they wanted it. They, they mentioned it, right? They have the capital. They took it down. Yeah. I mean, the, the co-founder of, of HubSpot, I mean, he understands the value of a domain name anyway because he bought, I think, wordplay.com last year for $100,000 for, for a Wordle, a Wordle-like app that he was developing with his son. So... I, mean, I love that. Knows, I love that domain too. By his, the way, stuff. <laughs> yeah, I think WordPlay is yeah. a great domain, also. But um, yeah, well, and I think, like you said, there's a you have a convergence here, right? You've got a company that you know, and I think to Chris's point, that makes it you know, you can't take for granted that success is always going to be they're always going to be successful, you know, and that yeah. you do have a lot of competition, especially in the CRM, you know, uh, you know, space. And you know, they've established a good foothold and a good a bit of success. They've got a good product. And, uh, you know, this can allow them to either branch out or scale. Um, and, you know, you've got folks in, you know, in the room that understand the value of the domain. They understand yeah, how critically it, important it all is and, you know, the, the, the Internet in general and, you know, and the tech. And, you know, so, yeah, like I said, I think you kind of have like that. This is this is that perfect uh, sort of you know, combination of factors that lead to, a, you know, a deal like this. So, well, and it's an asset too, right? So, I mean, you know, on the books, it's an asset. Um, we don't know if they're, you know, what the expensing, what they do in the back end, but, you know, I think as, as founders, like, you know, you said the founder understands domains. I agree with you. Um, Cause I've had some interactions. Yeah. Really, I mean, this is like, you're not going to lose money on, on connect.com. You might hold it for a little while, but well, <laughs> the reality is that, you know, you put it in the market, you're going to sell it. At some point, maybe for 20, right? In the future. So when you look at it over that paradigm, it's like, hey, you're not, it, you know, you're not, it's not an expense that goes out the door. It's a, an A domain name and you can sell it in the future. You locked it in for a future project that doesn't come out. You go a different direction. You have an asset that you could probably make some money on. Yeah. Yeah. No. And, uh, you know, so some of the questions that we kind of talked about a little bit offline, you know, how common are these kind of, you know, this an eight figure sale, you know, what are the components of an eight figure sale? Like, how does a deal like this actually happen? You know, they're obviously not very common in, you know, they happen more than people realize, I think, because, you know, the idea that, you know, not all sales are you know, publicized and so many deals happen under NDA, but, you know, but a deal of this size is not, does not come around that often. Um, but, and that's why I said, it's kind of a perfect combination of factors to allow this kind of thing to happen and, and shout out to George for, you know, uncovering it so that we can actually talk about it. Cause it's, you know, it's only public because it was uncovered, you know, not that it was just, you know, disclosed. Um, and, uh, 
Yeah. So, you know, and I think, you know, when we talk about the components of a deal like this, I mean, you need to have a buyer that understands the value that has the funds, uh, you know, a seller that's willing to hold on to this, you know, domain. Now, you know, I'm not, I don't know a ton about who had owned it previously um, and what they had acquired it for, but, you know, it takes a lot it was, to turn. It was on Brand Force. So, the so guys was it one of their that, names? Louis I know they, bro- I saw they brokered it. I didn't know if they owned it, but if they owned it, even bigger shout out to them. Uh, to you know, Lewis and no, Lewis. no, they didn't. They didn't. There's, and um, <clears throat> so you know, is that, uh, is that like Slavic or something? Behind but it? but s- side note, if you have a ten million dollar budget, a twenty million dollar budget, reach out to me. I can almost guarantee one hundred percent. I'm going to get the domain for you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, hey, uh, if you want thing. to save some money, reach out to me because I can guarantee we can we can you know save some money. So yeah, you know, I often say like you know, and big enough budget. Yeah, yeah I mean, pretty much. I did a post and, and someone's like, well, if you have you know. You know, because it was like off the market forever. And they're like, well, I don't know. That's not true. Because look at this, this. I said, well, yeah, if you have like 50 million, I mean, chances are I can probably, you know, if that represents like 100 years of the company's revenue, they're going to sell it. Yes, <laughs> of know? course. Well, and this goes back to even the thing we talked about. To me, with, you know? That's what we talked about with branch.com. You know, there everyone's got a number, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, you're at, that's a good point, GT. Yeah, yeah. You know, unless you're Apple, <laughs> you know, you're not going to like, you know, you're, you're, you're probably, you know, going to be willing to sell it especially if it's not being utilized. And um, so, yeah, so, cause I, I feel like, you know, the fact that, you know, the dynamics that went into this, like whatever the number was that they originally brought to the table and how that kind of played out, cause turning down like $5 million for a name like this is, is a hard thing to do if you're a seller. So, um, you know, so maybe, you know, depending on how this deal was negotiated kind of to Chris's point, you know, probably could have been had for less. But either way, it's still, you know, it is what it is because you have the buyer who appreciates the value, recognizes the value of the asset, knows that it's worth it at the end of the day, has the funds and, you know, wants to make it happen. And uh, yeah, so, you know, this one is another one that I just think, and it's exciting. It's great for the space because it does, it further justifies, it further establishes the value of premium.com domains, premium domains in general. um, You know, and, 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 you know, helps to provide insight into the market and you know provide a data point that is useful going forward for folks to you know help justify the value of these these yep. premium digital assets. Um, so so, yeah. Just before we finish on that, how do you value a domain name like this as an end user for ten million dollars? How how do you come to that figure? I mean, I know it's different in every case, but just generally, I mean, how how would you arrive at that figure? Yeah, well, I think you know you, there's a variety of different ways, right? But I think you know if you're looking at it from a marketing standpoint, right? It's like, well, what are the you know alternate ways when you're talking about customer acquisition, right? Brand establishing your brand, you know, brand recognition, those kinds of things. It's like, you know, where does this fit? And you know, and, and when you you know, so you got to run it through all your modeling and determine like, okay, based on having a name like this, you know, does it you know does it elevate the brand? Does it further help us to acquire customers? Does it help us to, is it part and parcel to the development of, you know, a new project, a new, you know, platform that we think will generate this much money? And based on that, we think it's worth this because, you know, the alternatives that might cost this, you know, might not generate the same results. Right. And, you know, I think so, you know, it's, it's, it it would be interesting to understand for this particular one, kind of how they got to that number, but, you know, when you're looking at any of these domains, I mean, and, and that's why Chris always kind of hammers home the piece about, you know, the marketing folks are, are really the folks that drive a lot of this because 
you know, it's, it comes down to what is your cost of, you know, customer acquisition or what is your cost yeah, to, yeah. you know, brand marketing, you know, and, and where does it fit in regards to that? And even easier if it's tied to, again, the development of some new or a rebrand, like what's the rebrand cost yeah. and what's the value of the rebrand? You know, why are you, well, I, I think, yeah, sure. if you look at Jamie at winring.com and he said when he bought ring.com for a million dollars, he's like, Hey, if we just get a one, like a three to 5% increase in sales, this pays itself off in, in like five years, right? I mean, it paid itself off in one year, probably with something like this. I imagine what they look at is, you know, Hey, we're spinning up this other brand. You know, we know the model, the, you know, the, to your point, JT, like the conversion rate, um, you know, if we do it right, what would that look like? Right. So, I mean, you know, there's maybe they're spinning something off social media, it's going to get these many users and they're going to start charging money for advertising, or whatever it comes down to. And so they have some kind of acquisition cost in there that they can parlay back to. Okay. Well, here's the, um, you know, here's you also have to think too, it. you know, you also have to think too about, okay. And the, the asset itself has value, right? So kind of to Chris's point before yep, it's yep. like, push comes to shove. You could always sell it again if you had to, right. Mm-hmm. You know, so you're, you're buying something that has value already. It's not like, Oh, it's, you know, it's beyond typical marketing costs where it's like, once you spend it and the campaign is yeah, done, it's gone. Yep. you know, you no longer have, you don't have anything that you can then resell in this case you do, which is makes it so unique, you know? Um, and, and yeah, and I think, so that, that becomes part of the whole overall sort of calculus, right? When the finance folks get involved and then, you know, there's depreciation and other things and, you know, they just work into the modeling and they just say, okay, cool. We've got a marketing yep, budget that yep. would be this. You know, and then somebody has to be the champion in the room, though, to say, hey, here's why this is where this money should be spent, as opposed to a Super Bowl commercial or something like that. Right. Like, you know, or why this name for 10 million versus this name for one million or this name for half a million. You know, and it's like, well, because this can be this and this can become in itself, you know, and, and maybe there is that conversation that eventually this can overtake the entire this becomes the brand. And because of that, right, it's right. this and that, you know, so. Well, it's interesting yeah. too, because in the past, you know, you'd have retail stores, right? You could kind of say, okay, well, this retail store, maybe you look at the, the real estate, hey, real estate's appreciating, we can resell it. So this is a good example of, hey, it's kind of like real estate. It's just that foundational price to get into the business. Like this is the, the base layer. And then we get a return on that investment over time, over, over whatever. Hey, JT, just switching gears. How long have we been talking for? seems like. We've been going, you know, it's funny. It doesn't run a clock, but I think we started just about an hour ago. So, okay. Okay. So <laughs> I know you got, I know you got to go We're running up on a hard no, stop. No, I just, so. I just, you know, um, yeah, yeah. Um, good conversations though. Really good. I mean, you know, if just, you know, you know, I think you, you hit off the beginning talking about everything James has done on your, on your blog, James. I mean, some super good information and, this is a different take on the value of a domain name, right? I mean, so you have the domain investors are saying, hey, go out and like, you know, look at this, you know, these like the drop catch and all this, but we're trying, this is like the, the foundational fundamental aspects to why domainers are important. Hmm. And, you know, when I start off in, in my career, I asked that question, like, well, why do people buy domains? Like I, I needed to figure that out because how can I choose a domain name if I didn't know why they bought them, right? I mean, if you don't understand that, then you're going to end up wasting money in domains that just have no value, that don't make sense. Um, or you're going to price them in a way that goes after the wrong customer and you're going to pass on your perfect offer. Um, and so, you know, these, these thoughts behind this are what can help you negotiate with a, you know, the company like HubSpot, right? They can help you negotiate and set pricing, get in the head as far as how people are thinking. And, you know, they can help your negotiation process, pick great domain names, 
um, and you know, really understand this, how they impact your brand. Yeah. And where it helps yeah. domain investors, right. Is that, you know, it, it, you know, it can't just be throwing darts at the wall, right. You know, mm-hmm. you've really got to have a, you know, a sense of what is your strategy when you're buying names on Namejet, for example, because when we talk on our regular domain Sherpa review shows and we talk about, you know, okay, we're looking at this list of domains that are coming up for auction, you know, how much would you be paying for them in auction? And so much of that is based on, well, this is what I think I can sell it for to an end user. Right. And, you know, they want, you know, we're trying to get 10, 20, 50 X potentially. Right. And in order to do that, you know, you have to have some sort of sense in reality of what a domain is truly worth to that end user based on, you know, all the different factors and the things that we talk about, which is, you know, doing an evaluation of who are all the potential, who are your potential end users, you know, yeah, looking yeah. at the domain itself to see, okay, what are the stats around cost per click and, you know, searches on a particular domain name and, you know, all that kind of stuff. And, uh, you know, and that's why I think this is why this, I love this show. And I think this is a great, cause we are attacking it from, you know, the end user piece to try to really understand value of domains at that level. And why you two guys are the perfect guys to have on the show, because, Chris, nobody talks to more end users than you and nobody digs into sort of from a, yeah. you know, the journalistic side of, you know, what makes the end users tick and talking to the end users and getting them on yeah. record, you know, than James does, which is perfect because this is a great segue into the last article that we're going to talk about and then we're going to be done for the day. But this is uh, on the record pulley.com. So this was an article that, that James wrote on uh, the Media Options blog um, with an interview with Yin Wu, who's the founder of Pulley. Uh, so, James, give us the quick couple of minutes and, uh, you know, the breakdown, and then we'll talk through a little bit of this, kind of go through some of the quotes, and then, uh, you know, yeah. we'll be almost ready to call it a day. Yeah, definitely. So, so Pulley is a company that helps founders manage their cap tables and equity plans. Um, do either of you know what a cap table is? Because I had no idea before this interview. <laughs> <laughs> I do, I do. Yeah, of course. Okay. And, uh, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, so a, a cap table tracks ownership of a company, um, especially useful to track ownership through an investment round while selling company equity. Um, the company acquired Pulley.com before the company launched, so they acquired Pulley.com. I think they got Pulley.io as well, just as a backup, and they got the at Pulley Twitter handle. So, mm. yeah, the, decent decent brand protection there as well. Um, so, yeah, they've been going a couple of years. So they've They've raised some decent funding. They have, um, they have, yeah, you know, a, a ton of users on the on the site already, and they're a very web centric company. So the platform is built on Pulley.com. There's a lot of financial, a lot of legal documents encased in Pulley.com. So from from a security point of view, it's really important for them to own that domain name. Um, during the interview, Yin told me that. That from an SEO point of view, from a branding point of view, the domain name was very important. And there's a few quotes from from Yin that I, I pulled out that you guys have got access to as well on your screen. So yeah, yeah, and we'll um, put the link on the domain Sherpa, you know, on the page for the podcast. But the uh, so you know everybody could read the articles as well. But um, but yeah, this goes back to what I, we were talking about at the beginning of the show. You know, where I was saying like you know you have this common theme amongst founders that you know understand the value of good domains. Uh, the, the domain itself, Pulley, is interesting to me, you know, because he, he talks about why, you know, why the company is called Pulley. And it's a word that if you say it too many times, it sounds weirder and weirder the more you say it. <laughs> but, you know, but I, I, I like it and I get it, you know, because he's saying like as a founder, you know, you feel like you're pushing uphill. Like, you know, Pulley is a, you know, ma- you know, machine, a device that makes it easier, right? Like, you know, using inertia and all that kind of stuff to like, you know, kind of 
kind of make it easier to pull than push and, you know, lighten the load and all that kind of stuff. And, uh, you know, so I think that's cool. I think it all makes sense. I think more importantly is the fact that they went and they got pulley.com, they got pulley.io, they got the at pulley, like, you know, so this was a very smart sort of overall brand. Like you can say what you want about the word itself. Like, you know, I think, again, I think, I think story-wise the narrative makes sense. You can say it in a sentence or two and it's like, okay, cool. I get it. That's great. Uh, you know, it seems like they've had some success already. They've got a really cool platform and, and, you know, for the, for the product, like, so that's great. And, uh, but these guys had a really clear marketing branding plan when they went out and got all the different pieces and, you know, launched with all of the stuff in place. And then his quotes are like, so pretty much consistent with all of these really savvy founders that you talk to that, you know, say like, this is why I got it because, you know, we knew, you know, having the com, you know, immediate reputation, um, and, uh, you know, like he says, I think if you're able to get a good domain and good brand name, the benefit is instant credibility. And, uh, so, you know. I mean, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to bring this back to the seven dimensions, right? So it's Let's like, <laughs> um, this is like, this is it, right? So I mean, it all comes back to that. So, I mean, you have, um, uh, branding, right. I mean, he's talking about this idea of, of, uh, of owning the keyword, you have expansion and scaling, um, so, you know, this, this last comment here, um, I tend to be biased towards names and brands that are more generic and you can tell a story around the future product lines as well. James, you mentioned SEO, right? This thought of SEO, uh, you know, this, this thought of brand equity. It's like, wow, you own this, you own this domain name um, uh, because it instills trust, right? Now, that last comment is that this shows the value of a one-word domain. Okay, so raw equity, brand equity, perceived equity, right? I don't know much. I was trying to get on the Wayback Machine right now, archive.org, and I don't know. For some reason, it's not loading for me, so I couldn't see what was on there before. I don't, I don't know if you researched that, James, to see what was there, but um, if it was a brand or if it was just... I probably did, but I can't remember. I'm, just, I'm going to have a look now just to check. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I, I can't. It's like, <laughs> I don't know. It's just like spinning for me. But, you know, it's, it's this... Like they tapped into like when you when you hear him talk about his the brand right, um, uh, you know he, he's talking about pulleys a sim machine that makes it a bit easier for someone to lighten the load and do this impossible work. Now he's tapping into the goodwill that comes along with that. He's leveraging that goodwill through buying this domain name, and that's why domain names have value, right? He's leveraging like he doesn't. It's not like uh, you know. I don't know, some made up word, right? You know, that you just have to make up and then you have to like then supply the goodwill through your marketing. He's tapping into that and there's an exponential impact to that, his ability to scale and come off um, and come out just like super strong right off from the gate. And when you say that he's- out, Yin is, Yin is a woman. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, I'm sorry. She, she rather than he, so. I'm sorry. Fair enough. Just need to point that out. Yeah. Also, yeah. Yeah. No. And so when you say leveraging the domain for the brand, are you, is the pun intended or no? Since we're talking about a pulley here, you know, um, <laughs> I guess it's I think- intuitively. Yeah. But I mean, she did I mean, great job. Great quotes from her. Like, you know, it just, it just shows you like who would have thought that this company would be called pulley. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. you couldn't. Yeah. Like- and I, like I said, I think it's really interesting to me. It's like, OK, if you were trying to pick a name and, and I think with a, with a platform like this, we talk about managing cap tables and there's other companies out there that do this kind of thing. Um, you know, and I think that there are, you know, other names that would also work. Um, but I think this one definitely works. And I think the key thing for me here is that 
it's the overall and it's it's her understanding of the overall sort of brand you know uh the ecosystem or whatever like having all the different pieces and then tying it all together right and like i said it's everything from you know explaining why the company is called pulley to having all of the relevant domains to having the twitter handle um you know and and just looking at it i just think you know I think she she gets it. And these are the types of founders that for me, when I see somebody, you know, and obviously my appreciation for domains and branding is, is different than others. But I think for a lot of us who share that same sort of understanding and, and global view of all this kind of stuff, this is a founder that I would that I could support because she gets it. You know what I mean? And I think that and she seems to also understand, you know, the narrative piece and weaving it all together in a way that just makes a lot of sense. And to me, is just a great foundation to, you know, drive and to kick off the, you know, sort of the business and brand right, right from the jump. So, yeah. So, no, I'm a fan, man. I think this is great. And, uh, and again, I, I just love seeing the founders that understand it. And these are the folks, this is the reason why these are project, you know, pro- project and, and company yeah. founders of companies that end up being successful because, you know, yeah. It's, yeah. this is, you know, they can hurt all the cats and, you know. James, you're going to say something? I was just—I was going to say that, that owning a domain name like this before you before you start your company, um, I think it just makes a quite a, a raising venture capital funding that just so much easier. You know, putting pulley.com right on the front of your pitch deck. Just—I I think we've mentioned that before, but it just makes such a difference and can convey to the to the venture capitalists that that ambition. You know, in just right. one domain name, it just amplifies the ambition well, that you have as a brand. We yeah, talk about yeah. it. Yeah. Sorry, Chris, let me jump in before I lose yeah. my thought, but you know, calm.com, Jason Calcanis, we taught, we mentioned this all the time. I mean, he invested in calm. He even said largely because, you know, one of the main reasons was because they had calm.com and that showed him that, you know, they get it, you know, there's the, the, and, and yeah. you can scale from there. I mean, and even yeah. looking at pulley, I mean, they're, um, you know, their lead investor is Stripe, you know, 50% of the Y Combinator <laughs> companies or the Y Combinator batches choose pulley, for uh you know for their for use for their platform for managing the cap table so it's like again i you know even with and without even knowing some of that detail i could have told you just based off of the her quotes from your your article that she was legit <laughs> you know what i mean so it's yeah like, yeah you know yeah. i think it's, i was just uh, saying like it really encapsulates the mission and ethos right i mean you can tell this is like the mission behind what she has and and it's a declaration. It's like this declaration to the world, to her, her investors, to her company, that she's committed to what, what she's building. And yeah, I think you're right. It, it's like, this is the element of branding. It's, I mean, it's a great brand. She capitalized on it. James, your point, she's using, she's leveraging the goodwill in her pitch deck and leveraging the goodwill and how she explains it. And it's like, uh, with uh, how Russell Brunson says, it's like, it's the kind of like bridge. Hey, this is kind of like this. And it's an amazing, simple marketing tool. And she's done an amazing job with that kind of like bridge. The last, yeah. the last point I just want to say is just longevity of the brand. I mean, a company like Stripe is, or, you know, whoever else is going to, Clubhouse use the name, uh, use the platform for their, pit, uh, for their cap table. So, yeah, a cap table is the life cycle of a company. So they've got to have, belief that the company they're relying on to host their cap table has is going to last for you know decades and i think that having a domain name like pulley.com straight off the bat just shows those early users that okay we're in it for the long run we're not yeah. going to disappear and you're not going to be 
you're not going to be in the shit with us. So yeah, no, yeah. I mean, that's a great point, you know, cause it is, it's one of those things that, you know, you set it up early. So, you know, you're, that's a, a early decision to make for your company and you want to feel like, Oh yeah, we use pulley cause that's who everybody uses. And you know, there's a certain level of faith and trust that that's going to continue to last as long as your company lasts, you know? So it's like, and uh, so, yeah, no, I think that makes a lot of sense, man. And uh, so, yeah, this is great. Again, I love these articles. I just, you know, I have so much respect for these founders that that understand the value of, of good domains and really have it all together like this because it's just, you know, and, um, you know, so and, and it makes our life easier, you know, when you're <laughs> trying to establish the value of good domains and you've got really smart, you know, sort of forward thinking people who understand it. And, you know, these each one of these examples helps to, you know, continue to drive that narrative. You know. Any idea what you pay for that, Jim? I have a feeling that they were they got a really good deal on it. They wouldn't say specifically, but they said they wouldn't lose money on it at all if they. If I, they I think you know it. because yeah, probably before them, it's like it's pulley, you know, like you can sell pulleys. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know that's what I yeah. think is kind of interesting about these brandables. I mean, look, I like you know you got to have good even a name like Google, right? Which you would say, what does Google mean? But you know, it's still the kind of name where you know it was still checks a bunch it's a it's you know brandable one word kind of thing it's cool it's funky and all that kind of stuff and then can become a brand you know easier when there's a little bit more of a generic term involved that's actually like an actual word because you know then you're not just saying oh it's just something we completely made up you know and instead it's you know there's still this story around this narrative of why it's called pulley and and maybe they backed into it, right? Because that was the name they could get. It was a Twitter handle they could get. That's kind of what I was saying at the beginning when we were discussing this one is that, you know, you could kind of use a lot of different sort of words and names for a product and platform like this. Um, but this one's cool because it, there's a narrative that fits. And again, maybe you backed into it to say, oh, this is why this could work. And we do that sometimes when we help companies with, you know, domains and rebranding and when we're acquiring domains for clients and things like that. You know, we're looking at a lot of different words and a lot of different available domains and trying to, you know, think, okay, how does this fit what you do? Right. So, you know, that happens, but it doesn't, you know, but once you finally settle in on what you're settling in on, you know, it, there still has to be a narrative that makes sense and works. And for this one, it does. And I think it's cool. And then, you know, again, being able to get the whole suite of pieces to the brand, you know, really make it right off the bat, just, you know. And now it's not something, oh, hey, we've got to rebrand down the road. We've got to go get, we've got to do a domain upgrade. It's now it's like, you know, and, you know, um, so yeah, so no, all good. I think this is, this is, and it's a great way to end the show and, you know, consistent with a lot of these other, like I said, founders that you talk to, James, and one of the things that I enjoy most about reading these kind of articles. So, um, so good stuff. All right. Well, awesome. guys, yeah. So any final thoughts before we, uh, before we call it? I just want oh. on a on a separate subject. I just want to say thank you to anyone who gives blood anywhere. We, okay. as, as a family, we've made use of it really a lot recently. So just want to say thank you to anyone who gives blood anywhere. All right. Yeah. No. I think that's you know. And shout out to the Red Cross. I mean, here that does the you know with the you know blood drives and the blood mobiles and all that stuff. And uh, people take that stuff for granted until you need it. You know. And yeah, uh, yeah. so. So to everybody who does that, you know, now you're going to motivate me. I'm going to get out, you know, I'll see if I can get out later this week and do the same. <laughs> That'd be brilliant. And, uh, you know, um, so no, that's good. And, uh, well, and thank you to you guys for being here as always. I appreciate it. And to the audience, like I say, on every show, thank you so much for tuning in without you. There's no us. So you're the reason that we're here. And, uh, you know, and if you, like I said, comment on, uh, some of the things we talked about, we're not hard to find. You can reach all of us individually on Twitter, LinkedIn, 
um, all that good stuff, uh, as well as just comment on the blog itself at DomainSherpa.com. And uh, yeah, and otherwise, we'll be back here on the next episode of Off the Market Forever here on Domain Sherpa, where all roads lead to domain. So we'll see everybody next time, and thanks so much.